Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, you know, it's interesting because this Shabbat that we're in right now is precisely the Shabbat that is furthest away from Hanukkah last year to Hanukkah this year. We're exactly halfway in between. So the furthest away from Hanukkah you could possibly be. And uh, we're also in between, of course, the, the Christian holiday of Christmas. And, and perhaps it should surprise us that given those things, that Father's Day is always the third Sunday in June. <laughs> it really makes sense on many levels if you stop and think about it for a minute because it's as far as humanly possible from these other holidays. And perhaps it really allows for you to focus, to try to figure out the most complicated questions that families have in their, really in their lives. And that question is, what to buy dad for Father's Day, right? I mean, come on, it's such a hard question. Everybody struggles with that because most dads have the same reaction. I don't need anything. <laughs> That's most dads' reaction. Well, but, but dad, dad, but, but what do you want, dad? What do you want? What do you want for Father's Day? Father's Day is coming up. What do you want? I don't know. I don't, I don't need anything. <laughs> It's the common refrain from a lot of fathers on Father's Day, which makes it exceedingly difficult to figure out what to get dad for Father's Day. This is Father's Day weekend, uh, and I know it's difficult to know what to get your father if your father is still living. Please do give him a call uh, and see him if you can. I know that my dad, is uh, his birthday is actually this coming week as well. But, uh, but he's still, you know, they've still got the, the kind of the clampdown on the assisted living and, and such. And so we're going to try somehow to, to see him. Uh, he's got a, a birthday and Father's Day. Uh, but in any case, it's so hard to know what to get dads for Father's Day. I can think of my own dad and, uh, and I think of myself too, you know, when I'm asked and I don't ever have really an answer. And the truth is that most dads prefer to give gifts rather than to receive them. I don't know what it is uh, about dad DNA <laughs> that, 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 that causes this. And, and, and also, as a side note, kids, if you think about children, children generally feel absolutely no guilt in receiving gifts from dad. It just makes sense. When dad gives you a gift, oftentimes, think of little kids, if dad gives a gift, Kids don't have any problems receiving that gift from dad. It's, and to a large extent, it's kind of like a win-win 
when dad gives kids a gift. Why? Because dad feel, dads feel good about giving the gift, and, uh, and, and I love getting the gift. Dad loves giving the ice cream. I love eating the ice cream. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, that's how it is. It's a win-win. Well, I will say this. I remember there was one time when I was a kid when, I don't know, I was maybe about seven years old or so, and we went to uh, an ice cream place, and I remember there was a long line. I, I, I remember this vividly. There was a long line in the ice cream shop, and we went up, and we finally got our order, and everybody got an ice cream cone, and so we all came out uh, of the ice cream place, our family, and it was a treat. You know, it was a treat to go to the ice cream place to get an ice cream cone, and I had gotten mine first, and I had already finished about half of it. And then my dad came out last. Of course, he, he paid for it and came out last with his cone, which he hadn't even started yet. And it was, uh, his was, was something that, quite honestly, I just remember thinking, wow, that looks better than mine. And so I was a little seven-year-old kid, and I said, hey, Dad, can I try yours? <laughs> and it's so funny because what did Dad do? I mean, Normally, somebody else wants to try your ice cream. It's kind of, you know, yucko thing, and it's like, no, I know some people don't have any issues with it, but in any case, I can remember my dad had the ice cream cone, and he looked at me, and he was like, looked at his cone, and was like, yeah, sure, you know, because dads are generous, and they're kind with their kids, and they love their kids, and so he said, yeah, sure, and so he held out the ice cream cone for me, and I, I remember that ice cream cone. I was like, wow, there it is. And I, yeah. And when I took a lick of it, sure enough, man, flop, it flops right to the asphalt underneath. And, and, and he didn't even get one. And he looked at it and he goes, my ice cream. And it just flopped to the ground. And I'm still holding the cone of the remaining part of my own ice cream. And I'm like, ooh. You know, and I look at it, I'm like, oh, no, I just totally dumped dad's ice cream. What, what am I going to do here? And, and he looked at me, and he just kind of, you could see there was a little bit of disappointment, and he was like, well, that's okay. And I thought, oh, man, he, he let me off the hook on that one, right? But, but you see, that's how dads are. Dads oftentimes are, are, are kind and forgiving, even when we blow it, even when we make mistakes, and they love to give us gifts. And I love that about my dad. I have a great dad. You know him, Rabbi E. He's a wonderful father. And, uh, and it shows the heart of a father. That, to, to me, that story shows the heart of a father. How even though not only had he given me a gift, but, but I took what he had and destroyed it, let's just say, and, and yet still, uh, he showed his love, and <laughs> not that he was particularly happy that I dumped his, but still, the, the, the point remains, that's the heart of a father, is giving and kind to his children, at least it should be. But in general, fathers want to give good gifts to their children. Well, my friends, we, you, are one of God's children, I don't care who you are here today. And we have to understand how he feels about us. Listen carefully to what Yeshua says in Matthew, please. Chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Listen to what 
Moshiach, Messiah Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 7, he says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. And people read that, and they sometimes stop there, but it continues. Verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Mm. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Mm, man, that's a beautiful scripture. I love that, but you need to weigh into that because, friends, there is a loss today of a sense of sonship and daughtership, and you need to start weighing into that. We're going to build on this concept in this message, and, and hopefully it, it shows you a pattern that is going to speak to you because some of you I know did not grow up with an earthly father in your life. Some of you perhaps had a dad that was not particularly kind to you. This is a fallen world we live in, and, and, and this is just the fact of the matter. But you need to understand that a model father loves his children and wants the best for them. And beloved, you all have a heavenly father that surpasses even the best earthly dad. That's the father that you have. I, if your father on this earth is or was great, then great. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. Wow, what a blessing that is. But regardless, your heavenly father is the best and your daddy loves you. He loves you more than you could ever even imagine. And what does Yeshua say about our Heavenly Father? It says that He will give us good gifts if we will ask Him. He is a good gift giver. Oh man, that makes me very happy to think about gifts and, and getting good gifts and the fact that our dad, our Heavenly Father, is a good gift giver. I love getting good gifts because we are his children. And, and if we think about it, it's, it's appropriate to think about this Father's Day weekend. I think about when I was a kid, because relative to the creator of the universe, uh, to say we're like little children understates it, right? Compared to the creator of everything, we're, we're not exactly you know, mature on his level adults, okay? We're like little children. So, so what I do when thinking of our Heavenly Father is I go back a little bit to, to my childhood and how I thought of my dad as a child. And I recall when I was a kid, and I recall a little, a little something that was very special. It was called the Atari 2600. Ooh, yes, I know. I, I, almost need, I almost need the musicians to come up and play some kind of music with that. The Atari 2600, man, she was a beaut. I assume that most of you are familiar with the Atari 2600. It is the gaming console that literally revolutionized video games completely. 
with a, with a ram, a memory of, wait for it, Chris, you're going to like this. The ram on the Atari 2600 was 128 bytes. <laughs> That's it. That, that, and, and it really sang, man, at the 128 bytes uh, RAM for this. Now, just to give you a, a, a level of comparison, some of you I know that doesn't mean anything to, but our, our family Nintendo Switch, which we have, has four megabytes of memory, and that's four billion bytes of memory. The Atari had 128. So, so that's the scale of difference in these units. But man, Back then, there was nothing like it. It was the greatest thing since sliced bread. In fact, as a kid, for me, it was better than sliced bread. I wanted the Atari 2600 more than sliced bread. Boy, I wanted one for sure. But, but they were very expensive in a relative terms back in, in today's money. They were very expensive, and I knew that we couldn't get one. I knew it was just way out of our budget. But my, my parents, my dad knew that I wanted one, but it just wasn't going to happen, of course. And, and, but you have to understand the 2600 was the number one gaming system for seven years in a row. For seven years, the Atari 2600 ruled uh, the gaming system. So about year three, unbeknownst to me, my dad bought a used one from someone, and I received it for the holidays that year. And was I happy about that? Was I happy when we received, when I got that? I remember there's a picture of me uh, receiving that Atari 2600. And my, I, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. I, it w- w- was I happy about it? Yeah, I was happy about it. How happy uh, was I about it? This is how happy. I still have it. <laughs> this is my Atari 2600. Look at it. Ooh, isn't she a beaut? Look at that. Ooh. Oh, I know you want one of these things. Some of you are, no, no, it's not. You can't envy. That's against the commandments now. Don't do that. But look at that. It's an Atari, a legit Atari 2600. Come on, somebody. This is good stuff. That's right. I still have it. That tells you something, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, that, that, that tells you how special it was this gift that I wanted that he was able to get from me, and, and I know it wasn't very easy. You know what? And here's the thing is that I had asked my parents, and, and they didn't get one right away from me. It was not the right timing. But I did receive it, and since I'm now a parent, <laughs> since I'm now a parent, I can only imagine the joy they had when they saw my face when I opened the gift. I was euphoric. I was beside myself. I was just so thrilled. <laughs> Excuse me. And I can imagine them, thinking about it as a parent today, I can imagine them looking at me and just smiling and looking at each other like, yeah, that was, that was a home run parent move there. And, and they surely felt so good about my joy. It gave them great joy when I had joy. Friends, it gives our heavenly Father great delight when we ask for a gift and he gives, us, gives it to us, it gives him great delight. He's joyful. He's so joyful about it. I love that. That's beautiful. See, that's the nature of our God. We need to understand that. I'm so thankful that I have a wonderful earthly father. He's a, what a great guy and a legacy. 
But, it, but friends, our heavenly father loves to do this for us. And you have to understand, Mishbachai, your father loves you. No matter how your earthly father treated you, good or bad, your dad up in heaven wants to love up on you and give you gifts. He is a gift-giving dad. Man, that's pretty good. James, the book of Yaakov, chapter 1 Starting in verse 16 says this, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. It's funny how sometimes we think that we earn or deserve good things. I see this sometimes in in people, especially people who are not uh, spiritual in nature, don't have a relationship with God, but even sometimes amongst believers, and maybe even it's you sometimes, we have this thing where we think that we have earned or we deserve good things. But listen, friends, it's the grace and mercy of God. No matter how hard you work for what you have, which is important, no matter, and God rewards that, but no matter how hard you work for what you have, if God didn't give you your next breath, you wouldn't get it. If he didn't give you your next breath, you wouldn't get it. It doesn't matter how hard you work. Don't lose sight of the gift giver, our Father in heaven. He is the gift giver, Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. Avinu malkenu, chanenu vahanenu. I love that. I love the Avinu malkenu. High holy days are not actually that, that far away. It's unbelievable. I, I love that chant. It's so beautiful. It's ancient. Avinu malkenu. My, my favorite two versions of Avinu malkenu are on the Bethlehel Cantoral Choir CD called Atonement, which you can find online. Uh, which is great. Our cantorial chorale put together the CD of High Holy Day music, which is just amazing, um, with Alvina Malkenu, and of course, obviously, the other one, uh, Barbara Streisand, Alvina Malkenu. I, I played it for my, my kids about three weeks ago and said, listen to this Alvina Malkenu, and just, you know, boy. Okay, in any case, it says, every perfect gift comes from above. But friends, you have to know what a perfect gift is, okay? This is important in understanding the dynamic of God being a a wonderful gift-giving father. A a Lamborghini is not a perfect gift for a (laughs) 16-year-old. As much as a 16-year-old might like to think that a Lamborghini is a perfect gift for them, (laughs) my gosh, that's frightening to me. Uh, I have a pair of 16-year-olds. But, but nonetheless, <clears throat> the, the, the point is, is that it's not a perfect gift for a 16-year-old. You're actually going to hurt that kid if you give him that gift, even in spite of the fact that they might want that gift. See, that's not a perfect gift. It says every perfect gift comes from above, right? And it might be something else. It might be something in your life, such as a particular job that you really want or a thing some material thing that you, that you might want. But your heavenly Father divinely knows what you need. That's a perfect gift. A perfect gift is that which your heavenly Father knows will be good for you. 
Therefore, we don't get absolutely everything that we pray for. Why? Sometimes the answer is no. Just like I wanted that Atari 2600, and time after time I would ask, the answer was no, no, no. It wasn't the right timing until eventually the answer was yes. But you see, still your father wants for you to ask him. He wants for you to ask him. That's, that's how, that's one of his criteria in deciding whether or not he gives it to you, is if you ask him. It's interesting. Want to know another way that our Heavenly Father will rejoice in you as his child? It's interesting. I'm going to take you on a little journey and, and paint a picture for you and see how something connects. It's a full circle kind of thing. Follow me on this, and it's kind of a continuation of what we read in James, but different. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 3 says this, A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. Okay, so you must love wisdom. Follow me in this, this logic here. You must love wisdom. If you do, it will bring joy to your heavenly father. If you love wisdom, it will bring joy to your heavenly Father. Okay, so, great. If, if, if you love wisdom, you'll bring God joy. So how do you get wisdom? I mean, that would be a natural next question. How do you get wisdom? Because if you get wisdom, you're going to bring joy to your Father. Well, the Scriptures answer that question as well. The book of Yaakov, James chapter 1, starting in verse 5, or verse 5, says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should, wait for it, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Mm. Man, my mom was, did this, of blessed memory, Miss Dottie. She regularly prayed for wisdom and asked for wisdom from her father, from her heavenly father. Ah, okay, so we see here a pattern. I want you to follow the pattern with me here because it's very, very interesting. Yeshua tells us to ask God for gifts, right? We read that a little bit earlier. He then tells us that our heavenly Father desires to give us good gifts. That's in his heart, to give us good gifts. Proverbs then tells us that if we love wisdom we bring joy to our Father. And Jacob, Yaakov, tells us that if we want wisdom, we should ask of God. Do you see the circle here? It's a complete circle. I'll summarize it even more in this circle. God wants to give us good gifts. We should ask for good gifts. He gives us good gifts, and that brings him joy. <laughs> Oh, wow, that is beautiful. That encourages me. It also reveals the kind of gifts that we should be asking for when we look at it in this context. Our heart should desire gifts that edify the Lord and edify our mishpacha, our edifying to ourselves even, that builds up the body of Messiah. That's the kind of gifts that we really should be asking for. More love, better relationship with my wife. You know, th these are the kind of gifts we should be thinking about when we're asking God. It, it changes if we think about it in the right way. 
Psalm chapter 37, if you'd like to turn to it, because at the same time, there's nothing wrong with asking God for the desires of your heart, but we have to understand what the scriptures say and understand the full context of it. Psalm chapter 37, starting in verse 3, says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. Mm. See, he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. This is in his heart, is to give you the desires of your heart. But remember what the scriptures say very clearly, that you get the desires of your heart if you trust in him, commit your way to him, and take delight in him. That's when you receive the desires of your heart. And friends, think about it. If you are truly doing these things, then the desires of your heart are much more likely to be in line with the will of the Lord. This just makes sense if you step back and think about it for a minute. And you don't try to use God like a vending machine. Well, God, you say in your word, you'll give me the desires of my heart, so I want that Lamborghini. Or I want that particular job. No, no, listen. The, you, are you trusting in him? Are you delighting in him? If you are truly, are you committing your ways to him? If you are, then the desires of your heart are going to be different than if you were just fully in the flesh and just wanted whatever you wanted. And so the desires of your heart are going to be more compatible with the will of the Lord if you're doing these things. And if you are doing these things, your primary desires are not going to be wealth, fame, glory, and greatness, but rather blessing others, loving more, shining the light of the Lord. Those are the kind of things that are going to be in the, the desires of your heart. And it makes sense that the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And friends, this world needs it right now. This world needs it right now. What are we seeing out there today? We're seeing a lot of bad stuff. Friends, God hates a lot of these things that we're seeing. He hates racism. He hates the, the things that divide us. God is the ultimate uniter. God is the ultimate uniter, Jew and Gentile, black and white. Do you see this, my friends? The desire of our heart should be to bring people together to follow the Lord. That's priority numero uno. That's priority number one and should be in our lives. And importantly, don't think that if you Ask only for things that will bless others that God will forget you. You know, some people have this misconception and think that, well, if, if, I'm, if I'm just all about God and all about others, well, what about me? What about me? It's a, it's a, it's a perception out there, and it's misplaced. And, and, and that's, but that's the way some people think. What are they? They're opera singers. They, they only know one song, though. Me, 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 me. 
<laughs> That's bad, I know. <laughs> that, that can't be your perspective, Mishpacha. God will not forget you if, you're, if your heart is for him and if your heart is for others. Remember the story of Melech Shlomo, King Solomon, great-grandpa? <laughs> I love King Solomon, that story. It's amazing. God essentially asked him what he wanted. What do you want? It's, it's, it's like God asked, God went up to King Solomon and said, what is it that you want? You tell me what you want. You got it. It's like, it's like a gift. Whatever you ask, I'll, I'll do it. It's unbelievable. We, it's the only time in Scripture we see it quite like this. It, it, it's, it's amazing to contemplate what must have gone through King Solomon's head when God said something like that. Well, we see 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Follow me on this story and let it speak to you. Let it speak to you and let it minister to you because it's very revelatory. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, you've shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed. For you have made me king over people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Wow. King Solomon asks for wisdom. Wisdom. That was his request. Think about that for just a minute. Do you see and understand the humility of that request and how he says it specifically? Something that you may not have picked up on before. He says that he needs wisdom to govern when he's talking to God, he said, I need wisdom to govern this great people, here it comes, of yours. This great people of yours. You got to remember, King Solomon was the king. He was the king of Israel. He was the, the united kingdom. He was the king. But yet he doesn't say, I need wisdom to guard and to govern my people. No, he could have said that. There would have been nothing wrong with that. But there was something in his tone. He said, I need wisdom to gain, to govern the, these, the people of yours, God's people. That's very telling. And he asks for wisdom. How does God respond? God responds quite favorably. He is very impressed at that answer that Melch Shlomo, King Solomon, gave to him. What does he say? Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 11. God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor such as no king who is before you ever had and none after you will have. My what, what a moment. What a moment in history. I want to see that one on, on DVD in heaven. That moment, man, that, 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 that is such an awesome moment. Friends, do you see the heart of your father in this? This is your father too. This is not just King Solomon's father. This is your father. Do you see the heart of your father in this? Some of you have the wrong impression of God. 
you think of, of God as, as almost like this Zeus-like creature that toys with humans and is waiting for you to slip up. He's not like that at all. This is not what he's like. A much more accurate picture is a loving, caring father. Now understand, a father disciplines his children at times, but it's for your own good, even if you don't completely understand it. And a father allows his children to experience pain sometimes as well. But in this, they grow. But rest assured that your father knows what you need and what you want. And so here it was that Solomon asked for wisdom instead of all these things for himself. And and God said, okay, that's the kind of heart I like. I'll give you the wisdom and knowledge that you asked for, and I'll give you all the other stuff you didn't ask for. Greater than anybody has ever had it. Man, oh, can you hear a dad's heart? Can you hear a dad rejoicing in, in, in what his child is doing and what his child asked for and his child receiving a gift? This is your dad. This is your dad. Your heavenly father has a gift for you this Father's Day weekend. He wants for you to ask him for a gift. This is what he says. So right now, wherever you are, I want you to stop for a minute, if you're watching right here, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, I want you to just stop for a minute and think about what we've talked about today and what gift would you like from your heavenly Father? So I want you to stop for just a minute. We're going to take just a minute. And I want for you to stop and think about what gift you want from your heavenly Father. Think about it just a minute. What gift do you want? Think about it. Don't don't ask for it yet. Just think about different things that you might want from God. Right now, wherever you're at, I want for you to ask Him for it. Whatever it is that you thought of that you'd like as a gift from your Heavenly Father, I want you to take a moment now and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask God for that gift or those gifts. Remembering everything that we talked about, so it's not a laundry list of of, of fleshly wants. What gifts would you like from your heavenly Father? Not to say that it can't be some things that are for you, but you take a moment and I want you to pray and ask God. Say, you know, God, my heavenly Father, Avinu Shabashamayim, Father in heaven, I'm asking you, humble yourself before him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Clean your slate. If there's anything you know that you've done wrong, ask him to forgive you. But then say, God, Father, 
I would like this as a gift or these things as a gift. Take just a moment. We'll just continue playing. If you need more time and you're having a great time commuting with your Heavenly Father, press the pause button. <laughs> Take some time to minister and to dwell with the Lord if you need it. But remember, just like my Atari 2600, you may not get it right away. And you only get it if it's in the will of the Lord. But sometimes God will only give it to you if you ask. So make sure you ask. I thought about making the title of this message Atari 2600. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to go with Gift Giving Father. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.